We're in a series called The God I Never Knew, talking about the Holy Spirit, and today we're starting part one called Gifts of the Spirit. But before we jump into the message, I want to take just a moment, and uh, guys, just freeze the clock there, but um, just a moment and say... um, that today is a very special day. Um, we know it's special just because the Lord's here and God's doing great things. And, and anybody excited about what the Lord's doing? I, I mean, I really am. You know, over the last couple of weeks, we've had two weeks in a row, we've had people uh, send in uh, messages to us that they've experienced personal healing in their bodies and just God's doing great things. And I'm, I'm just really thankful for that. But the, the reason this day's so special to me is that... Um, is that today is really the start of the New Covenant Church uh, 20th year, the journey. Um, this, uh, it really is. It's hard to believe that there was, uh, back in 2002, a group of people on uh, the first Sunday in May met under a little gazebo out at Lake Palestine, and we had, uh, had some, uh, a little boom box and sang a few songs and had a little scripture devotional there, and then we went and played in the lake, which I still believe may be God's plan for really how you're supposed to grow a church, you know, uh, right? Uh, lunch and play in the lake, so... Um, but it, it was, and I'm just so thankful for all of the good things that God has done for the way that he has, the Holy Spirit has led us, how he's worked, how he's uh, just provided, how he's ministered and touched lives. And, and, and I believe with all of my heart, I believe with all of my heart that the best is yet to come. Uh, I mean, I really do. To see more people saved, more people's lives touched and changed. But can I tell you that the only way we'll be able to go forward into all of the great things that God has, uh, has in store for us is in the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's a scripture that says, hey, could you ever think that what's begun in the Spirit could be completed in the flesh? Absolutely not. Can I tell you, for each of us individually and for us as a church, the way forward is in the power and in the presence, in the full work of the Holy Spirit in and through our lives. Amen? Amen. So like I said, we started uh, laying the foundation uh, for the series, The God I Never Knew, a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit is God, okay, his, his, who he is is God, and that he has a personality, he can think, he can speak, he can um, love people, he can be grieved, he can be hurt. Uh, just all the characteristics of, per, of, of a person are demonstrated, by the, are demonstrated by the Holy Spirit. We mentioned that this was important because if we don't see the Holy Spirit as a person, if all we do is see the Holy Spirit as some essence somewhere, some entity that we can't really understand or grasp, then you know what? We're not going to want to have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. And can I tell you, the Holy Spirit desires a personal relationship with each and every one of us. That's, that's his desire. That's his cry. I, I think that in the church, we've kind of, um, we've had a misunderstanding uh, about the Holy Spirit. When, when, you, when you hear the word Holy Spirit, how many people here, just if we could be honest for a second, how many people you hear the word Holy Spirit and you think about a dove, you know? Right? Does anybody? Oh, we see every time somebody mentions the Holy Spirit, it's like this picture of a dove, and he's always got his wings, and he's flapping, you know, and he's always coming down, and and, and some, you know. So it's it's like, wait a minute, we we tend to believe the well, the Holy Spirit is a dove. I want I want to clear this up today. Okay, the Holy Spirit is not a dove. Okay, that that's not. As a matter of fact, that's not what the Bible says. 
in, uh, in each of the Gospels, it says, what it says in John chapter 1 says this, and John bore witness, he said this, I saw the Holy Spirit descend from heaven like, everybody say like, like a dove, and it remained on him, remained on Jesus, okay? He, he descended like a dove, uh, an, an expression here, not the Holy Spirit descended, he was a dove, okay? Has anybody ever heard the saying that someone eats like a horse? It's right? Uh, I mean, I've heard that expression, <laughs> they eat like a horse. Or how about this? If they, if they eat like a horse, does that make them a horse? No, it's an expression, right? How about this? Uh, maybe you parents have got kids, and have you ever said this about their kids? your kids? They, eat like, they just eat like a bird, right? They, all they do is they just peck at their food. Okay, I see people looking at each other here, right? That doesn't mean they're birds, okay? It's just an, an expression, um, anybody ever said somebody's you've been driving down South Broadway and you get behind this car and you go, man, they are moving at a snail's pace. Why don't they speed it up? Why don't... Okay. They're not snails, right? Talking about the Holy Spirit coming like a dove. It's an expression. The Holy Spirit is not a dove. He is God with wonderful personality and wonderful characteristics. And today we're going to talk about some of those characteristics. As a matter of fact, one of the most prominent characteristics, one of the things that, that shows who the Holy Spirit is, maybe as much as anything else, is that the Holy Spirit loves to give gifts. The Holy Spirit loves to give gifts. Now, you've probably heard of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Some people would say that there are seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Other people would say that there's nine. Some people, when you read the various lists in the Scripture, say there's 12. Um, I personally think that there's really, that there are 21, uh, that there's um, up to 21 different gifts that the Holy Spirit manifests in individual people and in His church. But what we focus on a lot of time are, are the, the nine gifts that we read about in 1 Corinthians, chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So we want to read, we're going to read the scripture today. It says, there are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but it's the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, different ways that the Holy Spirit works, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Now, let's just stop right here for a second. How, how is the manifestation given? It's given to each one. The good news is here, and we're going to say this again, is that each and every one of us receive gifts from the Holy Spirit. You have gifts in you, whether you use them or not, whether you're aware of it or not, you have gifts in you that the Holy Spirit has given, and the Holy Spirit gives gifts to individuals so that each and every one of us could benefit. Your gift may be the th very thing that blesses somebody else. In the throne room service this morning, we saw that. We saw prophetic gifts and gifts of words of encouragement, words of knowledge that build up and strengthen other people. Let's read on. Okay, for one, to one is given the gift of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, speaking with different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. So all these gifts 
are to be operating in our lives and in the church so that everybody can profit. But the one and same Spirit works all these things, listen to this again, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Isn't it good to know today that every single person here today that is a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, do you know that the Holy Spirit, when he takes up residence in us, he brings gifts into each and every one of our lives. Isn't that a wonderful thing? And can I say, I believe that they're all great gifts. I mean, there's no big gift, no, no really, really important gift, and no little tiny gift. All of the gifts are very, very important. And all of the gifts, listen to this, need to be more active in each and every one of our lives, and they need to be more active in the church. I believe the Holy Spirit has us in a season where he's wanting to cultivate the activity of his giftings in our lives. So he wants that for us individually. I believe he wants it for the big C church, the universal church, but I know he wants it for New Covenant Church. He wants us to be people who are working by his spirit in the gifts of the spirit so that every single person Every single person can be benefited, can be, a, can be encouraged. You see, that's how the New Testament church worked. The, the early church, the, the gift of the Spirit, they, they, they were completely dependent upon the Holy Spirit in every area and aspect of their lives. There wasn't anything that they did that they ever tried or attempted to do in their own strength. It was all by the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, in the New Testament, as a matter of fact, I think this is an interesting thing. The person who wrote most of the New Testament under the inspiration and direction of the Holy Spirit, okay, you, you realize that about the Word of God, right? That it's penned by holy men of old under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible through people, okay? So the, the, this, the, this man who wrote most of the New Testament, his name was Paul. Do you know that Paul never, according to historians, never met Jesus, how then does he write so much about Jesus throughout the scriptures, throughout the New Testament? You know how? Because he learned about Jesus. He became informed about Jesus by the work of the Holy Spirit, by the presence of the Holy Spirit. He had a deep, personal, intimate, close walk with the Holy Spirit. One of the churches that Paul wrote to was called the church at Corinth. And he wrote, uh, actually wrote three letters to the Corinthian church. We have record of two of those letters. And in 2 Corinthians, at the very end of the last writing that we have where Paul's writing to the Corinthian church, one of the very last things that he says, and maybe even one of the very last things that he penned, he says these words in 2 Corinthians chapter 13. He says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You know what he's doing? He's taking everything that he's written, he's taking everything that he's corrected or instructed or, or, or taught them, and he says, I'm gonna boil it down here and I'm gonna give it to you in just one really, really um, short synopsis. He says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody here need the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. We are saved by grace. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that you've done for us, for living a perfect life, for dying a horrible death, and for being resurrected 
so that we can have life. And the love of God. I don't know about you, but I am thankful that God loves me in spite of me. Amen? He says, the grace of Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Uh, sometimes I think we think about Jesus and we talk about Jesus. We More commonly, I, I hear people talking about God the Father and, and praying to Father God. And, and those are, that's wonderful. But sometimes I think we ignore the Holy Spirit. You know, one of the reasons I believe, and I don't know if you were here last week, uh, a great service, the Holy Spirit did some really unique and special things. And uh, you know why I think we're seeing those things happen while we're seeing healings and manifestations are happening? It's because we're talking about him. We're acknowledging his presence. Anybody ever walked into a room somewhere and there's a whole bunch of people maybe and you walk in and nobody acknowledges you? It's a little awkward, isn't it? You walk in and you don't know anybody and you don't know, not really sure if you're welcome and, and can you just jump right into the flow, into the conversation? Hey, can I tell you, I think sometimes that's how the Holy Spirit feels, but that's not how we're going to be, amen? We're going to welcome the Holy Spirit to come and to have his way. So I want us to look today at this, this last part where he says the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. I, I like this word fellowship. Now, again, I think maybe we've got a a wrong conception about what the word fellowship means. In the Greek, it's the word koinonia. Um, In most uh, church language today, fellowship means eating meeting, right? (laughs) Anybody ever heard, oh, we're going to have a fellowship, and you know somebody's going to be bringing food, right? Somebody's going to be bringing some cake, or somebody's going to be bringing some fried chicken, or somebody's going to be bringing something good to eat, Okay. But can I tell you, this is going to surprise a lot of people, you can have fellowship without food. Now, I don't know why you'd want to. No, I mean, (laughs) but seriously, the word fellowship, it has three specific things that it means. One is it means companionship. A second thing that it means is partnership. A third thing that it means is intimacy. It implies intimacy. And I want us to dig into these things just a little bit more because if Paul's saying, hey, you need to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, it's not just having a meal with the Holy Spirit, right? It's it's, it's something deeper. So, So let's dive into this. The first aspect of fellowship is companionship, companionship. Now, one thing we know about companions is that they share with each other, Right? If you've got a friend, you know, and you guys are doing something together and, and you know, and, the, and they've got some food or something, they're going to share with you. If you've got, uh, if you're in the car with someone, you're just hanging out with somebody, how awkward, how weird would it be to get in the car and you're going to drive from here to Dallas and all of a sudden, and nobody says anything. First stop, I'd be getting out trying to find a new ride, you know. I mean, that's just weird. Companions, they, they share things together. They share life together. They talk with each other. They like each other, right? If we're going to be in this companionship, in this relationship, we're going to spend time together. We're going to communicate together. We're going we're gonna to get to know each other. As a matter of fact, if we've really had somebody that we're in a companionship relationship with, we probably know their voice, Right? Is anybody here, uh, I know now we've got phones and our phones uh, always show who's calling, but have you ever picked up your phone without looking and immediately you recognize the person's voice, right? Because you've spent time with them, you're in relationship with them. 
Uh, Yvette and I can, can be somewhere and be a lot of people around. We can be on separate sides of the room or uh, different parts of the building. And I can hear her voice and go, oh, that's a... Now, I know, contrary to what she believes, she thinks that she calls my name and I don't hear her voice, but that's just when I'm ignoring her. So that's... Um, no, no. I know her voice. I recognize her voice. Why? Because we spend time together. Last week, I was uh, sitting in a room in a meeting with some other pastors, and, and all of a sudden, I heard this voice behind me, and bef- without even looking, I went, huh, I wonder what Roger's doing here, and I turned around, and there's Roger, and, and, and because I know his voice, we have relationship. Anybody here, you, you can just do that with people? Well, don't you know that we can do that with the Holy Spirit, that we can know his voice when he speaks to us? That's how the New Testament church lived. Acts chapter 20, verse 22 says this, says, And now see, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me, except the Holy Spirit testifies, the Holy Spirit has spoken, that in every city saying that chains and tribulations await me. I hope the Holy Spirit doesn't speak that to us, right? But he's saying to Paul, hey, Paul, listen, uh, I want you to know when you go into these cities to come, there's going to be some troubles. There's going to be some difficult times. What I think is interesting, not that the Holy Spirit's speaking, but that Paul recognized the voice of the Holy Spirit. He knew it was the Holy Spirit. We, as those who live close to the Holy Spirit, should be able to recognize his voice. You see, it was a common thing. If you read the New Testament time after time after time after time, you'll see somebody saying, and the Spirit said, and the Holy Spirit told me, and the Holy Spirit said, go this direction or go that direction. As a matter of fact, in Acts chapter 8, there's a time where Philip, he, um, the whole, he was directed by an angel to go someplace, and then when he's there, the Holy Spirit told him what to do. I think it's amazing that he knew the difference between an angel and between the Holy Spirit. You see, we can know the voice of the Spirit. We can live according to the voice of the Spirit. That's the kind of relationship that the Holy Spirit wants to have with us. He wants to be such a close companion that we can know his voice. And I don't know about you, but I need that in my life. Because there's times when I don't know what to do and know what direction to go and know who to reach out to. But the Holy Spirit comes and speaks and directs and, and gives, gives guidance to our lives. Aren't you thankful for the companionship of the Holy Spirit? A second thing that the word fellowship means is partnership. Partnership. Now, um, partners, one of the things I think that's uh, special about partnership is that partners develop a flow. They know how to kind of um, work with each other, okay? Uh, I love when I see the band up here and how they work with each other and Chase is giving them some direction and guidance and stuff. But they've learned uh, when it's your turn to, to kind of take the lead and when it's your turn to step up or to play harder. So there's a partnership. There's an ebb and a flow that, that goes on. Uh, sports in the sports world. Anybody here like sports? I think it's been amazing. I tend to be a basketball guy. I like to watch basketball. And it amazes me that there can be a team that can have the best players. They can have the biggest salary. They can have the superstars. But if they don't gel, if they don't work together, work in partnership, if they don't learn to flow together, you know what? Another team can come along and really work well together, and they're going to beat them almost every time, right? 
The Holy Spirit is a partner with us. You know, as I've, um, as I've traveled to different countries, um, one of the things I've uh, had the experience of doing is working with translators. So uh, I would speak, and then uh, the, the interpreter would, uh, would speak. And um, I've had some situations where we didn't really develop a very good partnership, and it was pretty awkward. I'd be speaking, and they'd be speaking over top of me. I've been pretty confident that there have been some times when I've been preaching a message, and the, the, the translator has been preaching a completely different message. You know, uh, his might have been better, but you know, I'd like, you know, I'd say something, then he'd go off like for 10 minutes and, and I was like, I'm not sure that's exactly what I said and how I said that. And, but there've been some times, there've been some times where I've had a translator, man, or I had an interpreter that, man, we've developed a partnership and we developed a flow. And can I tell you, it was amazing. He, he, they, the, they not only just were interpreting words, but there was a, there was an unction, there was a, there was a working together. I've, I've had that happen with Ratna, with Pastor Ratna in India. And uh, even the other day, I had the opportunity to be with him on, online and in a service. And, and, and man, just because he, he's, he's there and he's going, I can see him going, yeah, uh-huh. You know, and, and we're in this flow. We're in this flow, and, 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 and it just, it, it's impacting. You can tell the difference when you're in the flow with somebody and when you're not. Amen? And can I just have an aside right here just for a second and say, folks, I don't know if you're aware of it, but um, there are some devastating things that are going on. I know we got our troubles in our world, but there are some devastating things that are going on around the world. And um, in India right now, over the last short period of time, they've had over 200,000 people that have died because of uh, a COVID and because they've lacked, uh, they've lacked simple resources like oxygen and available for medical care. Can I ask you, please, please pray for the, pray for the people of India. Now, I'm thankful. I'm thankful to America and to other countries of the world that have, have sent supplies and shipments. Can I tell you what, what they need is they need our prayers. Those are brothers and sisters. Pastor Rotten said they've already had a couple of people in their church that have died because of what's going on. Can I tell you, that's your brother. You may not have met him yet, but he's your brother. That's your, those people that are suffering are people that, um, that, 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 that have the same father, and they're going to live in the same heaven that you and I are going to live in for eternity. Would you please, please be people who pray, amen? Amen. So, so just the Holy Spirit works in partnership with us. You know, Wednesday night, this past Wednesday night in the men's group, um, and men, I, I want to encourage you, if you haven't been to our men's group yet, come on out. It's really been a great study, and this past week was just exceptional. But one of the things we learned while we were there was that God's not looking for us to work for him. He's looking for us to work with him. I, I don't know about you, but even spending time with the kids or your grandkids, that you don't want just all them spending all their time doing stuff for you. You want them to do stuff with you, right? You want to experience presence. You want to be together. And so partners work for the benefit so that each person benefits. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to work with us in a way. He wants to partner with us in a way that we both experience benefit, that his will is accomplished and our lives are enriched. We see it throughout the scripture. In Acts chapter 15, verse 28, it says this, that one of the apostles writing, it says, for it seemed good to us and, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Do you know what's going on here? 
The Holy Spirit's saying, hey, you know what? I think we ought to go over into this area and minister and send these guys out to represent what's going on. And then he said, what do you think about it? You know, I think there's times when the Holy Spirit says, what do you want to do? What do you think about it? Uh, I can remember counseling with somebody one time, and they said, I'm just not sure what the Lord wants me to do. And we prayed, and I said, you know what I think the Lord wants you to do? He wants you to make a choice. He'll bless whatever you want to do. He's partnering with you. Okay? He's not trying to be a dictator. He's trying to be one that walks with you and says, hey, I want to help accomplish through you God's purpose in your life and bless other people while I'm doing it. Amen? He's an amazing, he's an amazing partner. And this is why, folks, this is why Jesus told his disciples when he walked on the face of the earth, he said, listen, guys, it's better if I go. I would have a hard time, you know, lining up with that if I'm one of the disciples. I'm going, hey, things are pretty good while you're here, you know. People are getting saved. People are getting healed. You know, miracles are taking place, man. Well, you know, all great things are happening. What do you mean? It's better if, I, if you go. It's better if you go. And that's what he said to them. He said, listen, it's better if I go. He says, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go. For if I do not go, the helper will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. You don't know why the Holy Spirit is here today? He's here for your advantage. He's here to help you. He's here to strengthen you. He's here to counsel you. He's here to help you in every area that you need help. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine needing counsel? And suppose Jesus was here on the face of the earth, and there's only one Jesus, and he could only be in one place. Could you imagine how long the line would be to have to get to, get to talk to Jesus individually? Can I tell you, there's no line to talk to the Holy Spirit, right? He is right there. You can talk to him face-to-face intimately. You can have that kind of a relationship. He can be here this morning breaking bondages and helping people out of hopeless and helpless situations. He can be working great works in people's lives right here this morning and be doing the same thing around the world. It is better for the body of Christ. It is better for the work of the kingdom of God. It is better for you. It is better for a lost world that Jesus left and that the Holy Spirit is here to work in us and to work through us. He can do it all at the same time. He is an amazing partner, amen? The third thing the word fellowship means is intimacy. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, the same verse that we started with, but verse 14, uh, from the Message Bible, I love how it says this. It says, the amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That's what Jesus wanted. He says, the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to teach you and he's going to show you things. He's going to help you receive truth into your life. He's going to help you understand what the scripture says. Do you know the Holy Spirit knows what the Bible really means because he wrote it? Amen. Anybody ever had a question about what's that really mean? Okay, let me tell you, social media is not the place to get your answer, okay? Watching the news program, that's not the place to get your answer. Maybe you want to ask the Holy Spirit because he'll come and he will teach you. You see, people who are intimate, they, uh, they share their deepest thoughts with each other, their secrets, their desires of their heart. I, I have some great friends that are sitting here in this, uh, in this place today. But you know, but there's one person here 
It really knows me and knows the, the intimate parts of my life. It's Yvette. I mean, we have a, a relationship. There's things that she knows that nobody else knows and will ever know. Because there's a level of intimacy among us, between us, that, uh, and, and things about her. There's a level of intimacy, a level of trust, a level of, of care. There's a level of shared life that goes beyond anything, anything that, um, that anybody else would ever experience. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants. He wants an intimate life with you. You see, in this intimate place, this intimate relationship, there is a level of trust. There's a safe place Anybody ever just needed somebody safe to talk to? <laughs> Anybody, you know what I mean? You've, you've talked to people in the past and they've taken what you've said and stabbed you in the back with it or they've went and told somebody else or there's been some source of embarrassment. You know what, I've got a safe place here, but can I tell you, each and every one of us has a safe place with the Holy Spirit who loves us and who cares for us, who cares about the deepest issues of our life. He cares he cares about what you're going through. Let's look at me, folks. Let me see your eyes. He cares about what you're going through every minute, every second of every day. And as hard as this is for us to understand, can I tell you there's never a time when the Holy Spirit diverts his attention from you? There's never a time when he says, oh, oh hold that thought. <laughs> I've got to go deal with it. He's right there to care for you. He's right there to to strengthen you, to answer your questions, to give you help, to show you. He's there to speak truth to you. No, that's why Jesus said to his disciples, hey, listen up, I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't think Jesus lied to his disciples, but he's wanting to drive home a point. This is truth. It's better for you that you have an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. It's better for you. It's better for you. You know, even among Jesus' disciples, there were, there were those that were closest to him. Can I tell you, listen, there's nobody in, more in the world that can be closer to the Holy Spirit than you can. He welcomes that kind of relationship. James chapter 4, verse 5 puts it this way. It says, do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously for us? There are anybody that's just yearn, you've yearned for? Man, just think about that. That word yearn, it means to long for, to desire, or to pursue with love. Can you get a picture of this this morning? That God, the Holy Spirit, yearns for you. He yearns to come close to you and to be near you and to be in you and to help you and to strengthen you and to, to build your faith and confidence and, and to be a friend that sticks closer than anybody else could ever be. He yearns for you jealously. He says, I want to go closer. I, I want to go deeper in our relationship. I want to pour more of myself into you so that more of who I am can touch the world in which we live. You see, the choice is ours, folks. You go back and read the scripture right before that in James chapter 4. It says, hey, are you putting anything else in front of God? Are you putting anything else in front of the Holy Spirit? He said, you know what? You're being adulterers and adulteresses. He says, hey, don't, don't choose friendship with the world when you can have intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. That's what he's offering us today. And out of that deep intimacy... 
life is conceived out of the intimacy of a relationship with Yvette. A couple of children were born, and the result's that now we've got grandchildren, and things get better and better, right? He's wanting to have a deep intimacy with you so that the fullness of the spiritual life of God can abide in you and work through you. He wants us to work, he, he wants us to receive his working in us. He, he wants to make every gift, all those gifts we read about earlier, he wants to make those available in and through every person. And as he does that, you know what also happened? As we grow close to the Holy Spirit, have you ever been somebody so close to somebody that, that you end up, you kind of just talk like them and you all finish each other's sentences? Anybody, okay. Uh, anybody, you ever spent some time with somebody? Uh, I've told this story before, but there was a lady at the church that, that in the Bahamas, and, uh, and I could go and visit her, and I'd you know, eat with her or pray with her or whatever. And Yvette, I'd walk in the door, and she'd say, oh, you've been with Sister Mabel today, huh? I'd say, well, how do you know? She goes, you smell like her. You go, <laughs> right? And that's that the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to spend so much time with you that my character, my love and my joy and my peace and my kindness and my grace, that it all just flows through you to a world that desperately needs this. See, the world needs truth. The world needs truth and they're grasping for truth and they're, they're trying to find it everywhere and, and they, they need meaning and mean purpose and, and they're trying to find it in so many different causes and different orientations. And can I tell you that what the world really needs is to be woke to the fact that there's a God who loves them and cares for them and, and, and that he won't reject them, but he's made a way for them to have a, a personal relationship for Jesus Christ and, and promised them an eternity of of glory and splendor. I tell you, that's the kind of world, that's the kind of church that God wants us to be. It's the kind of people that he wants us to be. But it all begins, it all starts with receiving. It all starts with saying, yes, I want to be in fellowship to a greater level, a greater degree than I've ever been before. I want to tell you very seriously in my heart today, there are people here that you've experienced fellowship with the Holy Spirit in the past. You've operated in gifts. You've had the character of Christ that's, that's, that's been noticeable in your life, but maybe it's been a while since you've had the Holy Spirit work in you or work through you since you really sensed his presence. Can I tell you today that the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, my arms for fellowship, my arms for intimacy are always open to you. How many people say, that's me today? I, I really do. I want a fresh place of intimacy, of fellowship with the Holy Spirit today. I, I want a renewal of all that God has for me in my life today. Can I tell you, our best days, your best days are not behind you, folks. If you'll step, if you'll take a step and say, yes, Holy Spirit, I want, I welcome you into my life I welcome you into my life in all of your fullness to, to, to work in me and to work through me. Can I tell you, your best days are ahead of you. The greatest moves of God are not someplace else. They're ahead of you. But it all comes from a decision that you make to step into a fresh place of fellowship with the Holy Spirit. To receive, to receive his generous gift of his presence in our lives.